0: This is A Thousand Ways to Market Your Business, brought to you by Pushing the Envelope. We're going to dive deep into all things marketing to help you reach your goals. Tune in and let's grow your business. Hi, welcome to A Thousand Ways to Market Your Business, brought to you by Pushing the Envelope. I'm Samantha Scott, APR, and today I'm joined by two of my colleagues, Patricia Komp and Caitlin Anderson.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Patricia. I'm our marketing manager at Pushing the Envelope. I'm responsible for making sure the team is aligned um, and we're putting out the right strategy and messaging for our clients.
2: And I'm Caitlin Anderson. I am the team's communication specialist. I am responsible for our public relations, community engagement, and then also our storytelling aspect, which includes video.
0: Absolutely. And so today we're talking about the topic that nobody wants to talk about, crisis communication. God forbid a crisis should happen, it's best to be prepared. So we're all in this together. We have extra reinforcements, so we're (laughs) going to get through this. It'll be just... Fine. So when we talk about crisis communication, what could that mean? Well, uh, for those of you who haven't been living under a rock, COVID-19 happened. That was a worldwide pandemic crisis. Um, if you're in Southwest Florida, Hurricane Ian was a crisis. Those are really big examples, but we also have smaller examples of crisis. This could be um, some kind of misinformation about your business on the internet. There's all different scales of crisis communication, and it's important to keep that in mind when building your crisis communication plan. So today, Patricia and Caitlin are going to talk about different ways to that, whether that's digital, whether that's through video, through interviews,
2: with media, etc.
0: So let's dive
2: in. So some of the examples we've seen over the years, kind of like you were talking about, we've seen COVID-19 and also Hurricane Ian, but like you said, there are also smaller scale ones that happen yeah. frequently, but it's all about how you handle it to determine whether or not it's a real crisis or it could be more of a smaller crisis that can kind of get nicked in the butt relatively quickly. Um, and social media plays a big role in that as well. Um, it just it helps with. Um, getting fr- in front of the crisis every time, regardless if it's small, large, it doesn't matter. You should always be the spokesperson for your own company, regardless of what you're gonna face, because you don't want somebody else to, to say your narrative. You wanna be the one to do it.
0: Absolutely, and that's a great point, is you know really assessing from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So before you ever say anything to anyone, let's take a moment press pause is this really in fact a crisis yeah or is this an internal crisis mm-hmm. <laughs> and are we f- freaking out because this is something that's um of concern to us or is this really a crisis and then does it doesn't warrant a response and then coming up with a plan of okay what is the appropriate response but of course directing the narrative is really really critical and you're right digital plays a huge role because that might be the very first tickler to say hey something's not right we're getting yeah. a whip of something
2: yeah, absolutely, and it's also social media, and then also being able to have those relationship relationships with the news media too. You're the first line of defense for your crisis, and social media is that two way communication that you can have with your audience without having that person in the middle too, and that helps to make sure your message is there, and you can kind of mitigate those crises before they happen or crises.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and Patricia, you might speak to this as well, but you know, from a digital perspective, if you're not in the conversation, you're letting everyone else tell your story.
1: Right. And, you know, we mentioned two specific examples, COVID-19 and Hurricane Ian, those were two that were fairly widespread. So companies had the benefit of taking a pause and maybe seeing what others were doing before crafting their plan. You don't always have that benefit. Sometimes it's isolated to your own company and you have to deal with it. And, um, you know, you want to be in control of that narrative. And like you mentioned, have that conversation and be in front of it, rather than letting, you know, through the grapevine, tell the story. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. So very first, you know, like have those monitoring things in place. This could be as simple as Google alerts for your business or your company owner's name or board of directors, whomever might be involved in that. Um, So just making sure you have a pulse on it, because like you said, this might not be a nationwide or global issue. This could be something specific to you. And if you're not looking, you might get caught flat footed.
2: It's also a good place to implement like an issues management team too. Mm-hmm. They can take a look at your ORM, your reputation management and see if there's already a conversation that you may not be aware of. Um, and it also helps with like, there's an like internal issue. If somebody in the company is starting some room or two before it leaves your company, someone should be there and be like, okay, that's not, you know, I just mitigate it before it actually leaves. But that's where a good issues management team and plan in place is, is yeah. crucial.
0: Absolutely. And keeping in mind, like you just said, this could be something that's spoken. Mm -hmm. So being able to be aware of those conversations, not spying, of course, we're not trying to be big brother, but just having an awareness of tonality and what's happening in your business and the online components as well. And then reputation, because Mm -hmm. even outside of your company, people have opinions now, um, lots of them. So (laughs) make sure you're aware of those. Mm
1: Even throughout um, your industry, just being aware of things that could affect your yes, industry. Yes, great point. When we work with a lot of restaurants um, when there's things like Red Tide, um, maybe there's questionable seafood, knowing just what's out there and how to communicate that you're getting your sourced ingredients from the correct places and how to put it out there.
0: That's a great point of keeping in mind what's happening in your industry overall and yeah. learning from others. What can you benchmark, right? if somebody did it really really wrong make note of that if somebody did it right make note of that too because we're all learning through this process and if you see somebody else how they handle it you can learn from that so we've talked a bit about examples of plans and like how to kind of keep in mind what happens with crisis communication so how do we actually put this together Mm -hmm. how do we actually do a plan it is important to think through this fully, not just say, okay, a crisis might happen, I'll make sure that I you know, check Google Alerts and social media, but you actually need to have a documented plan and maybe even more than one. So we'll talk about that, but um, there's a few key points that I think really should be involved and in. I welcome your feedback um, in these crisis communication plans or process. One is developing and maintaining a trustworthy and ethical reputation. So this is something all the time, every day, this has to happen, and I hope your business is operating that way. Uh, if not, make sure that you're getting those things buttoned up, but that's really the foundation because this is your reputation. This is what you're known to be. So if there is a variance, something comes up, you can fall back on the reputation and say, no, that's not accurate. This is like, look at the track record of our history. The next is to actually establish the crisis communication plan, thinking through all the different steps, assigning responsibilities, and we can get into some of those details. And then, of course, being the very first voice, like you said, to tell the story. Um, this is outlined, by the way, um, on our blog. So if you go to getpushing.com blog and you just search crisis communication, it'll come right up. Real easy guide that kind of breaks that out for you as well. So Caitlin, Patricia, I'd like to get your feedback on that when you think about the core elements and process of creating this plan. How do you go about doing that?
2: Right.
1: Well, no one wants to plan for a crisis, right? (laughs) (laughs) But eventually, it's going to happen. So, having those things in place and knowing who's going to be your spokesperson and who's going to take care of Um, what—I know in-house we have a digital team, we have our PR communications team. So, of course, um, you know those. Um, individuals responsible for that would take action on their select channels.
0: Mm -hmm. A great example we just created is a hurricane plan, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because we're in Southwest (laughs) Florida and, you know, hurricanes happen. So we have a whole plan of who's going to do what and it's laid out well in advance so everybody has access to that and knows so that way you're not scrambling in the actual crisis to say, oh gosh, who's going to do this? Are you handling that? Are you handling that? You know, it's like i heard um a port authority representative say she actually has a go bag in her office that has an extra pair of clothes deodorant all the things for sleeping over if something should happen and a whole book of all of the things if this happens this is the protocol if this happens this is the protocol they literally thought through every step of the way so yeah you don't want to think about that you don't want to believe it's going to happen but having the plan is so important
2: yeah you can't plan for everything but if you can get as many things as you can thought through, it will be very helpful if something were to actually happen to your company. I think one of the things you mentioned too is develop and maintain a trustworthy reputation. Mm -hmm. That is one of the best things you can do before a crisis even hits. It really is. You have to establish that trust with your employees internally, but also externally too with your customer base. Because then what you say during a crisis actually holds some weight. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have that reputation, you could say whatever you want, but no one's going to believe it. So you have to make sure that 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 reputation is maintained for a good amount of time.
0: Absolutely. And being intentional about that. Mm -hmm. And I know that feels weird sometimes for companies. Like I've talked with so many business owners who say, I don't like talking about myself. I don't like talking about my business or like Saying, oh, my team did this, or here's how we handle situations. But it's important because if you don't tell that story, no one is going to, and then you have no reputation to fall back on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's okay to talk about yourself. If your company does great things, you should talk about it. Yes. Give yourself some props. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, And then going back also to your crisis communication plan, actually lining everything out too. And like Patricia said, you want to make sure a spokesperson is, you know, lined out. And if they're not available, who's the backup to that? Because there are people do go on vacations, people do get sick. And sometimes maybe the person that you'd like to be the spokesperson isn't the best one to talk about it. You have to have a backup to it as well. Um, Another thing to keep in mind too, is to talk about who's the highest ranking or the highest person in your company that can give you the actual facts of the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's something that manufacturing, if something went wrong in manufacturing, who's the highest level in that department that can give you the facts so you're not guessing. You know exactly what happened you can help try to mitigate it from the very beginning versus guessing and telling the media some media something that's not exactly true because they're not very forgiving with that
0: no that's a great point Giving the right person in front of the camera or on social media is really mm-hmm. really critical and that's where when i said you might have multiple crisis communication plans that might come into play because if you're manufacturing, well, there might be somebody in that line. There might be the owner of the company. There's different levels. Yeah. If you're in healthcare, you might have well, here's the person whose their specialty is this particular area of healthcare. Then you have the leader of the healthcare organization. So, very important to have um, different plans for different scenarios and then keeping in mind who those spokespeople are that could be most um, relevant to that topic and then make sure that they are media trained or you've done some practice with videos um, or otherwise so that they're comfortable and they have talking points. And um, you'll probably get to this, but making sure your internal stakeholders have the same talking points and are prepared.
2: Yep, and also outlining who does what in certain situations too. Who's gonna be managing social media when a crisis hits? Who's gonna be talking to the media? Who's the person talking to your internal stakeholders? You need to make sure all that's lined out as well in your crisis communication plan. Yes. And that those
1: people are talking to each other. Yes.
0: (laughs) So if social sees something coming up, they can warn the person doing PR and vice versa. Mm Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's so important that those um, different departments talk to each other. You know, you might hear something on social media that needs to be addressed by the media so that making, um, you know, making sure everyone's aware of all those listening aspects. And then um, to your point, Caitlin, of just being planned in advance, you know, (laughs) mid-crisis is not when you want to be making decisions and delegating to people, you know, people are running around like chickens with their heads cut off. So it's really important to have that checklist in advance and know step one through the end of how it's going to be handled.
0: Yeah. One easy way to start doing that planning ahead is an annual calendar. Um, You know, what are things that are most likely to happen and or seasons of the year? Uh, so if health is part of your factor, then, you know, you can think about flu season. Here we've talked about hurricane season, um, wildfire season, depending on where you are. You know, just in general, what's happening or are there industry things like are there cycles to your business? You know, think about banking and what's happened um, recently. Are there different things that happen during the year or in your industry or your region that could potentially create a problem? And then thinking through that.
1: Yeah.
2: And make sure you revisit that, too, once a year. You shouldn't just make it and put it away. And then when a crisis happens three years from the time that you make it, expect it to be up to date. You have to make sure you're constantly updating it. (laughs) Things don't change. It's all the same all the time. (laughs) Every day.
1: And even after a crisis, to revisit those things. I know after Hurricane Ian, um, we did a debrief, not only internally, but with our um, clients to say, Mm -hmm. what went well? What went wrong? What can we improve? How was the communication? You know, to go through all of those things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, one of the things about Hurricane Ian, too, that I noticed – communication was completely down and we still managed to get the communication out when we could Mm -hmm. I think that's important too make sure you plan for those little things that you don't necessarily think about all the time because the first thing people want to do when a crisis hits is to talk about it which you should but Mm -hmm. what if those communication lines are gone like what Mm -hmm. if you don't have that anymore then what do you do make sure you plan for those things as well especially if you're in an area where wildfire season might knock out some power lines or hurricanes or storms or flooding whatever Mm -hmm. it may be make sure you have that as well
0: yeah. Backups are always important. Mm-hmm. So backup spokespeople, but also backup internet, backup communication, yeah. um, just really, really making it very, very clear who is responsible for what and how are you going to do it. And if plan A fails, which a lot of times it will, mm-hmm. what's plan B and what's plan C ideally. Yeah.
2: Yep. And it helps you remain calm too. I think that's important as well because no one's going to trust somebody that's frantically talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to, you know, pay attention to them because they don't know you don't know if they're speaking because of adrenaline or because there's facts behind it make sure you always remain calm whenever it comes to crisis as well
0: absolutely so in the moment we've talked about planning ahead now okay here we are the adrenaline has Mm -hmm. passed we're in in it now what do we do
2: you have to make sure that you have your spokesperson ready to go and your facts straight and if you own this topic or not. So yes. if it's something that's it's if in your community or in your business, obviously you own it. You want to be the first one in the forefront of that issue. But if it's something in your industry that may not be directly applicable to you, maybe your for, your voice shouldn't be the first one that speaks on behalf of it. It could end up biting you in the butt a little bit later, and you don't want that. You don't want to be the forefront of an issue that wasn't yours to begin with.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So many times we've had clients ask to comment about something and you never want to say no comment right because that just doesn't look good Um, but we always want to just kind of redirect that reporter or someone to say hey you know we may not be the best person for this but xyz could be a really great resource Um, because to your point if it's not yours don't own it Um, and even if you get into something like god forbid there's something criminal involved you most certainly don't want to speak to that because that's not your area of expertise you don't own that so uh, make sure that the right person is talking about that and that they're fully prepared and don't feel like you have to fill the space if a reporter asks a question, or if you're getting some feedback on social media, don't feel like you have to respond right away. You don't have to give any more than what you have. So answer the question, and that is all.
2: Yeah, and you shouldn't give more than what you already have. Don't speculate. That's one of the main things people tend to do because they get nervous in front of a camera or they get nervous they're getting hammered with questions. Do not speculate. If you don't know the answer, say, I'll get back to you. Don't ever guess on anything when it comes to a crisis because if it ends up being wrong and you end up being wrong, there's all your credibility out the window.
0: Right. So we've talked about how to respond in like media situations, but what if you're getting all these questions on social media and people are asking and you don't have an answer?
1: Yeah. um, To Caitlin's point, it's so much harder to backtrack than it is to take a pause and find that information. You always want to be giving um, the most accurate information, even if that's directing people to somewhere else. I know Mm -hmm. we um, used, you know, CDC.gov as a resource during the COVID-19 pandemic um, and other resources who are experts on the situation. We're certainly not going to give people health advice Mm -hmm. um, or emergency advice in the event of a hurricane. So it's important. Really, to get an educated source on the matter and only p- be putting out factual information. And I
0: think a lot of times in a crisis, people just want to feel heard, right? They just want this connection. Mm-hmm. And whether that's I'm ranting on Facebook, or you've got people just you know clamoring and you know asking the media to find answers, and then the media is calling on folks. Uh, people just want to be heard. So I think even if you don't have an answer, acknowledging them is so important. And that relates really, really better to digital. So just saying like you know I understand, I feel your pain, we're in this together, etc. I'll get back to you. Or I'll look into it. I'll find the answer. It doesn't buy you a ton of time, but it does something. And then to your point, always feel free to redirect to somebody that's a more appropriate spokesperson.
2: Mm-hmm. And even if that means repeating yourself too, because yes. you don't want to make up an update if there isn't one. So if you say, I'm still working on that, great. At least you're still working on it and you're communicating, communicating mm-hmm. that you're still working on it. But just ignoring the media or ignoring social media comments after a little bit because you don't have anything else to say is not the right way to do it. You still have to communicate with them regardless, even if it means repeating yourself.
0: Yeah, and keeping your your audience in mind. So media needs something that they can share, whether that's in writing or on TV, et cetera. They're looking for information to share to educate their readers, watchers, et cetera. So that's their perspective. But your online audience, they might be in a very different position. So I always like to say, go with grace and keep in mind where these people are at, what they might be experiencing in their life, how they might be feeling, because if you've just gone through a traumatic event, and we'll use Hurricane Ian as an example, everyone had a specific feeling about But those people who lost someone, who lost their home, they have a very visceral response to that as they should. So keep that in mind. how when you handle different conversations with folks.
1: Mm-hmm. And meet your audience where they're at and let them know where to find the most recent updates. Yes. If you're not gonna be updating your website as frequently or maybe communicating with your audience in a way that they're most used to, let them know where they can go, mm-hmm. whether that be social media, um, or by email or your website, and then there's a lot of tools you can leverage as well on digital, like pinning your most recent post to the top mm-hmm. of your feed, uh, maybe changing your profile and cover images to those landing pages and links where you're giving the most information. Mm-hmm. So yeah, be considerate of your audience. They're going to be checking everyone. They're going to be frantic. So um, yeah, meet them where they're at
0: and make it as easy as possible. I love that idea of the cover images and things. Just make it so simple for people because. When people are under stress, they don't think clearly, and they just need easy answers. Yep.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Going back to what you said about you know having compassion and being able to communicate with your audience, if they are feeling a certain way, make sure you acknowledge that, yes. especially if it's an appropriate time to do so. You don't want to start out with all of the facts, and then you ignore the actual human side of mm-hmm. a potential crisis, because people are going to remember that. People. Yeah resonate with humans they don't resonate with robots and you social manage- media for a reason <laughs> exactly for and you don't want to be the company that responds to your crisis based off of facts like a like very sterile you want to make sure that you can be relatable
0: yeah yeah absolutely that buys a lot of goodwill and I just think it's the right thing to do and generally in marketing the right thing to do is the right thing to do <laughs> yeah. so um, there are a number of quick ways to get information out in the midst of a crisis I mean obviously you can call the newsroom that's one way um, but digital lens itself, maybe there's a couple mm-hmm. of share.
1: Yeah, we've mentioned social media a few times, but email is a great tool as well as well as um, SMS and text messaging. Mm-hmm. Now, you want to make sure it's something your audience is used to receiving. Yes. You don't want to all of a sudden text them out of the blue. Sometimes that can be look like spam yeah. or they're not used to receiving it. But think about your communication channels and how your audience is used to hearing from you mm-hmm. and um, put information out that way.
0: Yeah. And your website, of course, because that's something easy. You own it, you can update it, and people might be going there as well. Um, so lots of quick and easy things you can do, traditional and digital. So after a crisis,
2: after a crisis, you want to make sure you evaluate how it went. (laughs) Debrief the most important things, so that way, if it unfortunately does happen again, you're able to do what you did better. Um, which is always what we want to do. And you have to make sure you're sensitive to others and in their situation too. This is where you should have your PR team kind of come in and really touch on that sentiment of what the community thinks about how you handled it mm-hmm. um, because that will end up taking your reputation, either plummeting it mm. <laughs> or helping you get better in the in the future too. Um, and then help where you can too. I know internally for PTE after Hurricane Ian, well, I guess, before that, when you first started the company, we started Can It, um, which is basically our food drive that we do every year that helps community cooperative, which is a local food bank or food drive. Um, but right after Hurricane Ian, even though, though all the blocks were stacked <laughs> against us, we still did it and we still helped our community. And that was something that was important to the company. And yeah. that definitely helped. And that's something you should do in a crisis so at the very end of it. Figure out how you can get back because that's the most important.
0: Yeah, that could be time, talent, treasure. It could mm-hmm. be something, you know, your point, right? Can it? We started that back when the Great Recession happened because there were so many newly homeless, newly needy people in our community. And it just so happened that it was timed right after Ian. And we didn't, we lost our office. We didn't have a place to hold all the things, but we figured it out. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do in a community because we're all stronger together. So find a way that you can help. Are you a restaurant? Can you give food? Can your team like collect items to donate? Like what can you do to come together
2: and help? Yeah, absolutely. And again, where, what did you learn from it? operationally, what, what can you do better? Communication wise, what can you do better? Do you wanna leverage social, me- social media more? Do you wanna leverage the news media more or you know, put more on your website, resources, things like that. But it's very important to analyze it every time and make sure you make those changes for the next time, God forbid, you have yes. another
1: crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also important to take a look at all of your marketing efforts and kind of look through them with a very more detailed eye. Sometimes, um, you know, we could be, we're on the other side of a crisis and we came out fine. Others aren't always in the same boat. So being sensitive to that and, um, you know, making sure you're not leaving others in the community out.
0: You know, that's a great point that we missed. um, When you're facing a crisis, either heading into it or you have found yourself in the midst of it, is pull any of the marketing stuff that you might have going on that could be tone deaf. Mm -hmm. Super important because you don't want to be running promotions in the aftermath of a hurricane, for example. Um, That's just not going to serve anyone. So um, that would be definitely a step to think about. And I think in your debrief you know, of what did we learn from this, not just in general, I think that's a really healthy thing to do, have a conversation, what worked, what didn't, but actually go back and look at your plan and say, did we follow this? Or did somebody go rogue? <laughs> what happened here? Um, and then, also, if we did follow it, did we do everything the way that we thought we were going to? And then, what else can we change? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And also, how did your audience respond to it? The communication and social media is a great way to look at that, too. The comments in your posts or if people are sharing things or if they're being shared to different like forums within Facebook or Instagram, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, knowing what your audience is saying during a crisis and after a crisis is like the perfect way for you to figure out, OK, this is where we went wrong. This is what we did well mm-hmm. and analyze it later.
0: And then you can be proactive the next time because yeah. if you miss something and you can learn from that, then you can apply that to the plan for the next time because unfortunately there probably will be a next time. And you mm-hmm. can always take from one plan and use it for another. You know, I don't think anyone was prepared for a global pandemic, but we'd all done some crisis communication planning at some point and said, okay, we're gonna figure this out. You take the best pieces from things and learn as you go. Yeah. Um, so we always have resources available to you. Like I mentioned, we have blogs on the website. There's other things available to you as well, please. They're all free, take advantage of those. But at this point, I think it's time to take a question from the audience. (laughs) So this question is a good one. I've heard this one a number of times. We touched on this briefly. Um, But how do I know if something is a crisis or a minor misstep in operations, maybe something not to take seriously?
2: It all depends on who's affected and how affected are they, right? If you had somebody that unfortunately got their meal delivered at a restaurant that was cold. Not a crisis. (laughs) And they did the reputation or they put out like a review on Yelp. That's not a crisis. (laughs) It's fine, apologize, use it for training later, make sure you verbalize that to them. Um, But that would not be considered a crisis. If it was a food foodborne illness for the entire evening, I would consider that to be a relatively minor crisis, but still crisis. Um, You have to make sure you address that with with a general audience. It all depends on who's affected and by how much, truly.
0: Scale. Yes, the scale is very (laughs) important too. (laughs) Okay, so we have one other question. How do I prevent a crisis from happening? And I'll say, like, (laughs) if you have a crystal ball,
1: (laughs) that's step one. (laughs) But if you don't, like the rest of us. Yeah, that sounds like a million-dollar question, right? (laughs) How do we prevent a crisis from happening? Um, Really just having a plan. You know, being aware of your surroundings, um, having a great PR team, and um, especially people on your team that will point something out and say, hey, you know, maybe you have a team member that's not well media trained Mm and – So nip those issues in the butt. Don't let them continue. Don't let a crisis build or boil out of control. Um, So having a plan and getting in front of it, getting in front of any rumors and really Mm -hmm. controlling that narrative.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been a really informative, albeit sometimes depressing, but good conversation. Um, Crisis communication is unfortunately something that we have to plan for. So thank you for listening in. And we appreciate you joining a thousand ways to market your business and keep pushing. (laughs) we <laughs>